Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award-winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras now. It's summertime, and that means it's time to start thinking about getting our trail cameras out and start capturing pictures of this velvet antler growth that we all obsess about. And our friends at Exodus are kicking things off with Velvet Fest. Long story short, Velvet Fest is the opportunity for you to win a variety of prizes just by purchasing Exodus Trail Cameras, one of the best trail cam companies in the industry. Now until July 12th, when you purchase any camera, you will be automatically entered into a drawing to win a variety of prizes from companies like Wicked Tree Gear, Maven Rifle Scopes, Tethered Tree Saddles, and of course, Exodus Trail Cameras. Be sure to follow Exodus on Facebook and Instagram, and be sure to visit ExodusOutdoorGear.com for more information. Brent goes, well, Cleo respond to a barred owl. Gary goes, okay, barred owl at him. So he's, and it never occurred to me. What I thought, I told Brent this yesterday, I was like, man, they got barred owls in Canada. (laughs) And they're over there trying to, they're just trying to flag me down. Finally, Gary walks over to me. He's like, Clay, did you not hear us? Did you not hear us owling, pressure calling? It was was like, why didn't you hear? And then I told him, I'm literally deaf in my right ear. It was like he was getting mad at me for not being able to walk, but I was in a wheelchair. My name is Clay Newcomb, and I'm the host of the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. I'll also be your host into the world of hunting, the icon of North American wilderness, the bear. We'll talk about tactics, gear, conservation, but we'll also bring you into some of the wildest country on the planet, chasing bear. British Columbia is an incredible place to hunt black bear. In May of 2019, just recently, we were in British Columbia at the camp of Jeff Lander and Primitive Outfitting. In this conversation, Jeff 
and I are joined by Jeff's longtime friend and guide, Gary Hilscher. Gary is a veteran mountain hunter. He's had a lot of experience hunting both black and grizzly bears. And Jeff is a longtime outfitter and veteran northern hunter. And Jeff has had some incredible experiences with black and grizzly bears. On this podcast, we're going to talk about stalking bears. So this is a spot and stalk hunt that we're on. And there's a lot of misconceptions about stalking bears, basically that it's easy. And we go through many examples of things that happened on this hunt that really surprised actually all of us. And so we're going to talk about the specifics of stalking black bears. We also dive into some of the bear conflicts that these guys have been just an arm's reach away from in British Columbia with a black bear mauling, some grizzly stuff. So you're going to enjoy this podcast with Jeff and Gary in British Columbia. Welcome to the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. We are in the wild places of British Columbia, Canada. I cannot give specific details where this camp is, but we're at the camp of Jeff Lander and Primitive Outfitting, British Columbia. We're here this week hunting the giant black bears of the far north. Um, so I have as guest today Jeff Lander and his good buddy and guide and... Uh, I'll let you introduce Gary, Jeff, but oh. Gary Hilscher. But Jeff, before, well, introduce Gary first. Well, Gary and I have been guiding together 20-something years now. So real quickly, the first time I met Gary, taxidermist friend of ours, hooked us up for uh, going on a sheep hunt, and he shows up at the coffee shop. Oh. How do you remember these things? On his on his crotch rocket. Oh. With a very bright jacket. Very bright fluorescent jacket. And lightning bolts cut into the side of his head. No way. <laughs> so I thought my friend Harley was uh messing with me with some some dude who who knows. I mean it was weird. But uh he lost a bet at work and had to cut cut lightning bolts into his head. So I can't believe we've been married for this long. I know. <laughs> Almost. Uh, no, Gary and I, have, yeah, we've done done a lot of stuff together and gone through some good times and yeah. crazy times and yeah. So So he's been he's been guiding for you here at your British Since Columbia Bear Camp started. for. Yeah. So how long when did that start, Jeff? Uh, 13 years ago. 13 years ago. But then before it was Alberta. Yeah. With uh Whitetail. Yeah. Okay. So, so he ran an area that I didn't never even step foot in. I had rifle tags and he, he ran it up in northern Alberta. Okay. Way north. So yeah. So Gary's a Gary's a guide and he guides all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So what about you? Introduce yourself, Jeff. Well The best thing about you is you're married to an Arkansan. Absolutely. <laughs> a good one. Absolutely. A good one. No, I started in 94, I think, um, in the Edmonton Bozone for whitetail. Mm. So in Alberta, you can buy individual tags versus BC. you got to buy a actual hunting area. Right. So when you're a young person 
trying to get into the outfitting game, Alberta was perfect because you could buy one tag or 50 tags. Really? But you could. And that was prime time for Canadian whitetail hunting, early 90s. Yes, absolutely. The Edmonton Bozone was the destination. Right. Um, before quality deer management started happening stateside. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's been uh, it's been a long time, but and yeah. so currently primitive outfitting, you guide. So you started out with whitetail, but now you're primarily guiding moose, mule deer, and black bear. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah, yeah. It was whitetails, and I got into mule deer in southern Alberta. I had about six or seven years of waterfowl in central Alberta. Okay, um, but then waterfowl and mule deer kind of. There's a conflict there. I mean, as far as the same timing when the birds are coming down and the same time we're hunting mule deer. So Yeah. But I sold all my Alberta stuff to buy here, and then I slowly bought back what I had in Alberta. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to do, do another podcast on this trip where we're going to talk about, like, the just the, the full gamut of, of black bear hunting and what we're doing this week. Mm-hmm. But on this podcast specifically, what I, what I want to talk about with you guys is stalking black bears, mm-hmm. stalking bears. So uh, for people that listen to this podcast a lot, a lot of times we have these big like roundtable discussions where it's just we're just talking about general things. But then we have these like pretty specific topic based podcasts. And so uh, so that's why what I wanted to talk to you guys about today. I mean, we've been hunting with Gary now for three days and uh we've learned a ton um in my experience with black bears is this is the first spot and stalk traditional archery western black bear hunt that i've done so i've hunted in bc a couple of times hunted in the western u.s several times for black bear uh for with with a rifle and that's hard enough mm-hmm. on this hunt because of uh well, for many reasons, I chose to bring the stick bow out here. Mm-hmm. Jeff is a big-time traditional archer. That's all he does. And so um, the name of his outfit is Primitive Outfitting, so how could I bring anything but the <laughs> trad bow? And so this is a big – this is this is kind of like another checkbox type hunt for me, really. And and I've, I've killed spot and stalk bears in Arkansas with a trad bow. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions – about stalking these bears just in general in the general hunting world let me just start off with uh with the the general conception uh, perception is that bears are stupid bears are easy to stalk and bears can't see Mm -hmm. that's the that's the perception and but what we have seen in the last three days gary is that uh they're they're well, and not just the last three days, but they're harder to stock than you think. I mean, they really are, mm-hmm. and there's there's several reasons for that. But uh, Jeff, if you had to describe what it takes, and again, we're trying to, especially with the stick bow, we're trying to get inside of twenty yards. And I heard Gary say many times this week, it's it's pretty not easy, but doable to get inside of fifty, mm-hmm. even with most animals. But closing that distance down to 20 and under yeah i mean you're you're up in his grill big time and you got to do a lot of things right got to have a lot of things going for you but jeff how would you describe uh stalking black bears what what does it take Mm. 
you got to know when to move and know when to stop, basically. So, um, and Gary's experiences are different. And I'm glad you decided this is the you know the time you're going to do it because you would have been probably tagged out by now if yeah. you're rifle hunting. But uh, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> that one was huge. But yeah. uh, anyway, uh, I mean, I think what most folks who come up here are confused. I know last week um, when I when I start like I close the distance and I close it fast. And even if I'm wide open to these bears and he's walking away or his head's down or he's not looking, I boogie. Because part of the issue up here is wind. Mm-hmm. wind. Wind can kill you. And it can change very quickly, well, as you saw, in fields or on the you know, in the meadows or on the, the logging roads or whatever. It's never a consistent, in-your-face, spend two hours. So when, when the moment is right, you better capitalize on that yes. moment. So my approach, and Gary's is probably different, but I try to get within 60, 70 yards as fast as I can in the wide open and then stop and whatever. And um, you're dealing with bears that, that are looking over their shoulders for grizzlies. I mean, I've seen seven yeah. this week. Um, they don't like them. You know I mean? they're So they're yeah. jiggy to begin with. And, yeah, so – move move fairly quick and and that let me stop on that point right there because that is something that's very different than stalking an ungulate is that like these bears we've been seeing they're out in the middle of a field with their head in the grass and they are they're not a prey animal they don't have eyes on the sides of their head they don't quite have the peripheral vision well they don't have near the peripheral vision of an ungulate and so, like, if that bear's butt is toward you and his head is in the grass, you can move mm. fast towards him. Yeah. They're, they're not, they're not, you know, you do that on a deer. I mean, he's going to, he's got a routine where every 15 seconds he's lifting his head and mm-hmm. getting a, basically a 360 degree view around him. That's the one place that the bear is weak mm-hmm. is, you know, he's a predator. He's got eyes on the front of his head. And so that key right there. I think it's significant. When you can move, move fast. Mm-hmm. You get busted if you did that with a deer. Yeah, but you'll notice too when you're watching them that they are. I mean, they're swinging their heads and they're they're keeping tabs of what's going on around them. Mostly in some of the places you've been, that notoriously where you've been hunting is big grizzly country. Yes, and one in particular who's there pretty much every year. Yeah, and so. They're casual, but you watch them mostly through a scope or through good binoculars, and they're swinging their heads, and they're looking. They're looking at the edges. They're, they know what's yes. around them. They do. Yes. And a lot of times with mostly the big boars, and it's what gets them killed, is they're cocky. And, you know, the, the sows and the smaller boars will just fly off, you know, wherever they're at if they see something. But sometimes those big boars, they're aggressive, you know. They'll yeah. tolerate you to a certain point, mostly during the rut. And if you get aggressive with them as well, that's what gets them killed because they're, they're proud. They and when you say them. you get aggressive with like you mean intentionally let them, them let you let them see you. If he's with a sow, we, we wolf at him. We do what they do. And a lot of times they come back for that second look, which is what gets them. Yeah. It's an arrow into them, right? Yeah. This time of year we're dealing with bears that are feeding coming right out of the den um, you know, they're powering up because they haven't eaten in five right. months. Right. So now it's, they're not quite as aggressive. No, but they also, they're pretty protective of their, 
prime feeding spots. Yeah. So they can be, but it's, yeah. Um, so these bears, and I thought that was a good point, and I, I wouldn't have thought of it on my own until you said it the other day, but these bears are edgy, not because of hunting pressure. They're edgy because, there's a first of all, there's a lot of black bears here. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're seeing... We're seeing a lot of bears. Mm-hmm. I told I told Brent, we're seeing as many bears here on spot and stock hunt typically as we would on a good baited hunt in Canada, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, seeing seven or eight bears a day, um, and that's some of that's just driving down the road and seeing one cross the road. But uh, So there's a lot of bears, a lot of big black bears, but also a wad of grizzly bears. Mm-hmm. So these bears are constantly on edge. I, I, yesterday, we I stalked a bear that we didn't fully, we hadn't really gauged him that much. We didn't know if he was a shooter or not, but we went ahead and they sent me around, and I got way out from the guys while they were on one side of the field, and I I got within probably thirty to forty yards of this bear, and uh, we're not sure if the wind got me or what happened, but I think he may have heard me, Gary. I walked underneath one of these big fir trees it had rained and so it was it was pretty pretty quiet everywhere else but just the way i had to go i had to walk under this fir tree where it was dry Mm -hmm. and i mean i was indian tiptoeing and uh i stepped on one little stick and uh I, i couldn't even see the bear but after i stepped on the stick i slowed down and i saw the bear's head raise up and I think he heard that stick and thought I was a bear. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't hear that stick and think I was a man. That's right. He heard that stick and thought I was a bear, and I was like, bear coming. And he didn't booger off too bad, but he it changed his trajectory, mm-hmm. and he moved out of the way. And, I mean, it was just kind of like, geez, I thought this was going to be a little easier than this. <laughs> and that bear just put a run on another bear about a half an hour earlier and put that bear up a tree in front of us, right? He was jittery already. Yeah. yeah. Uh, came right out and did that. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Gary, what? So let's say you're 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 taking somebody. What do you? You gave me some instruction when uh, when when we first met earlier this week. Uh, what would you tell a guy that was spotting the stalking bears out here? I think Jeff answered that. <laughs> um, yeah, same thing what Jeff said. You know, when they're um, covered the distance fast over the years. We've had a lot of guys uh, because of deer hunting, you know, and that's mainly what they've done, where they uh, um, they move so slow and everything's uh, um, indicated for how they move. And, and the wind changes so fast here so many times that, uh, yeah, cover that first whatever, X amount of hundreds of yards and down to that 60, 70-yard distance or that 50-yard distance uh, as fast as you can. So, um, you know, before the wind changes, especially where we were in that field. I mean, that field's hard to hunt regardless. We've got it done there, you know, quite a few times. There's certain parts of that field are so, so hard to hunt because the the wind is swirling, right? Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, those bears, I mean, like, well, like most animals, their noses are amazing. Even if it looks like they're not paying attention. What's cool is when I get to sit back, um, unlike a lot of guys, I got to go in with them and you're doing the stalks yourself, which I think is awesome. Um, we get to see what the bear does and you get yeah. to see that head come up constantly, even though, like you said, it's not really, it looks like it's not really looking, but man, it's wind checking and you can a lot of times kind of see them smacking their lips and I think they're almost, I don't know, tasting the wind or something. It looks weird. Yeah. Um, but just checking that out, right? Um, um, and like Jeff said, because of just, uh, a lot of the bears and a lot of the grizzly bears around them, um, you know, who knows what goes on for the things we don't see, who knows how many of those, uh, those big boars, how many cubs they kill. Right. Um, 
and and all that kind of stuff that goes down that you just you know most people never never get ever get to see so they're 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 kind of on edge yeah but uh even like the big board we did a stock on yesterday you know everything went i honestly thought you were at least gonna get a shot you know and yeah perfect spot perfect uh um ditch that we were in on the old logging road and and for that thing to just kind of step out and sometimes they don't do that either by the way i mean and look back and and and, and see well, let's, let's me talk, and the cameraman you know i'm like are you kidding me let's like, talk about that situation yeah. specifically i've got i've got two other stories from this week that i want to talk about but we saw this bear from probably close to half a mile away on a road we're driving down a logging road see a bear kind of through the trees long before we saw the truck there's a bear in the road we say gary backs the truck up we get out of the truck Wind's hitting us dead in the face. Everything's perfect. Bear's walking down the road towards us. We close the distance quickly. We couldn't even see the bear. I mean, so we're moving as fast as we can walk. Right. You know, and we get to probably 150 yards, and we see the bear. And he's kind of in the ditch, and there's a there's a drain. It there's a low spot in the road with a culvert in between us and the bear. Later, we ranged it, and we were 100 yards away from the bear, Jeff. He was kind of off in the ditch. And, I mean, we're in the chips, man. He he doesn't see us. He's got his head in the grass. Wind's in our face. We get to 100 yards, and, and so we've got Brent as the cameraman, Gary there. And they're in the ditch. Gary's crouched. Brent has the camera up on a tripod, which that later we're learning we're going to have to get lower. But, I mean, they were the least of my concerns in terms of busting this bear. Well, when I left out with them and dropped in this ditch, the bear couldn't even see me. When I popped out of the ditch, I was going to be probably under 50 yards from the bear. And I get down in the ditch and start coming back up the other side. I mean, just thinking, this is about to happen. And they start calling me off. I kind of peek back around and they're, I don't know if they whistled at me or I was just like, what, what are we doing here, guys? And obviously, you know, the bear spooked. He, and, and they said, Gary, what did he do? Well, I just looked back at us and, and yeah. And you guys was, weren't moving. No. I mean, usually in that case, that, that shouldn't happen, but it did. That's just the way it goes, right? Yeah. Looked back at us and, and uh, um, yeah, and just realized something's not right and then slowly walked off. Then when you came back up, then we got to watch it go into a cut and slow right down. And you could even hear it wolf from the cut a little bit, right? And, and the cool part of that story is, is the other group of guys, we told them to try to go after the bear, probably the same bear, and they got yeah. three stalks on it. For whatever reason, he's a big, big boar. Um, he's just really jiggy, <laughs> for yeah. whatever reason. Maybe he did the same thing to these them, guys. And they got on it three times with a compound, you know what, 37, 40-something, like all. Yeah. And, got, um, and the hunter was at full draw, and the bear didn't even give him one second to shoot. Now, that's kind of a rare situation, I mean, for whatever reason, when the wind's in your face. But uh, maybe because forestry guys are back there, well, I don't know. It just goes to show you that it, what, what it taught me is that you just can't take anything for granted. I mean, whatever animal you're stalking, you better put your, as we say, the triple sneak on them. Right, Brent? <laughs> I mean, because, you know, on a hunt like this, I would be surprised if I see a bigger bear than that one on this hunt. You know, I mean, so it's like, and, and not that we were taking it nonchalant because we weren't at all, but at the same time, we just assumed that this wouldn't be a problem, and it was. And so, you know, I mean, it just, it just, all of, all of us were like, well, we should have done this, you know, we should have set it behind the brush pile or, you know, and I mean, you just learned something. But, and that wasn't the only time that we spooked a bear by sight this week. 
and obviously our situation is a little bit different because we got three guys, a big camera. And so, I mean, we're a lot of scent. Typically on a, well, if you're hunting in Canada, you got to have a guide if you're an American hunting here. So, I mean, usually there's going to be two guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but Gary, the first bear that we saw this week, we were hunting, the, we, we walked into a field. Man, the, the hunting here is incredible. The first place we went, first day we were here, we got here at like three o'clock in the afternoon and, and by five o'clock we were hunting. Mm-hmm. Gary took us to this, this big field and, uh, we popped up over this little ridge and man, there was a big bear feeding at 400 yards. There was a bear directly in front of us, probably at, well, he's kind of around the bend, but at 300 yards. And there was another bear over here at probably 300 yards. I mean, it was just like, and that's after you drove by Grizz with two cubs, right? Yeah. Yeah. The first bear that we, the first bear encounter that we had was a, it looked like a big, big mama grizz. Well, she had cubs. It was a female, but it wasn't a small grizz. Yeah, I saw her from the road. Um, but we're trying to decide which bear to go after. And uh, we could tell one was pretty big, but one was in kind of a better place to stalk. So we said, well, let's just let's just ease down in there. And uh, that bear was 150 yards away, I think. Maybe, maybe 120. And uh, we kind of peeked out around the edge. And uh, glassed this bear, and the wind was good. He threw up his head, looked at us, and just moved into the timber like they do, kind of just tiptoeing off. Uh-huh. I was shocked, and, and I think you were too, Gary, yeah. weren't you? Yeah, not one I was for sure. I mean, it didn't yeah. even it, yeah. it just it it broke the stereotype mm-hmm. of what you typically think about bears. But I think the reason for that was too is as uh, as we're discussing this is that there's there was so many bears, well not so many but three bears there and that bigger boar being down the field which we eventually went after um they're a little more on edge uh when you have that many bears around yeah. right. Um yeah, usually it's not quite that difficult. <laughs> yeah. No, they've been seeing us it seems like this year or or more yeah. whatever. And maybe it's because it's so concentrated yeah. As far as the food, it's so concentrated that there's, I mean, who knows what we're not seeing, you know? Yeah. So they're probably. So, eat, yeah, eat, so there's a lot of snow up in the high country right now. So we had a long winter. At all. Yeah. Yeah, we had a long winter, and I think, uh, um, whereas we could probably be hunting a little bit higher right now, and that's just the way the years go, right? Um, you know, any bear that's out is probably down either along the railway tracks feeding or in these abandoned uh, farm fields or along the old logging roads, which is basically right now down here, right? We've already driven up once to check things out, and uh, um, yeah, and we're just snowed in up top right now. And usually yeah. we're not that snowed in, right? So uh, um, just a lot more bears concentrated, and for sure that's what's making them a little more jiggier on the edge, yeah. right? And we've already seen a few. So that just shows you that there's all these factors inside of inside of hunting these bears that you, maybe you wouldn't necessarily think about. I mean, like the fact that these bears are concentrated is going to make them more more skittish, not of humans, but of bears. And like that bear when he saw us at the, the the first bear, 120 yards away. I mean, I don't. He probably didn't think we were humans. Maybe he did. He just saw something that wasn't a elk standing on the edge of a field kind of a blob mm-hmm. it was just like hmm maybe that's a you know maybe he thought we were a grizzly i don't know mm-hmm. but he moved off let me take the the conversation here too just for people that maybe don't know a lot about bears or or maybe they do but bear eyesight they say is really equivalent to ours mm-hmm. they see color you know ungulates don't see color 
bears see color because from a biological perspective, they've got to be able to tell the difference between a ripe berry and an unripe berry. That's the way I've heard it described. I mean, you know, like they, they need that color differentiation to be able to pick their food. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's probably not the only reason, but bears see color pretty much equivalent to us. Their eyesight is uh, a lot like ours, binocular vision. Um, they even have depth perception like ours, but because they're not a prey animal and they don't have that really heightened flight response to danger like a deer, a lot of times people perceive bears as having bad eyesight, which really a lot of times they just don't care. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's the thing. Like a lot of times a bear, he probably sees you or perceives that something is over there, but he just doesn't care. And so people go, well, bears are half blind, but they're really not blind. So in a situation like this where the bears are heightened because of grizz, because of a lot of black bear, then all of a sudden, I mean, what we're seeing is they, they see just fine. Yeah. But any thoughts on that, Jeff? No, I'd agree with you. Yeah, they do. They see, uh, yeah, I think they see as well as we do for sure. Yeah. Um, and that's a good good way to put it. I mean, what you just said there, I mean, it's kind of new to i haven't heard it that way you know as far as uh um the color of the berry the yeah. color and, the, and and yeah that's interesting um but no they they see and i think you're right they don't sometimes they just don't care well they yeah. don't the bigger ones don't yeah except for the one last night <laughs> yeah he did care yeah but it's close um yeah yeah so i mean this time of year you're you know, we're just dealing with them coming out. I mean, last week I literally was seeing bears that could not stand for more than about 30 seconds. They'd lay down, drooling. They just came out of the den. Every bear that we've shot so far has hair between his toes and his claws. You know, he hasn't yeah. been walking long, at least on anything hard. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a rifle, rifle hunter's dream here. Yeah. A stick bow's nightmare. <laughs> yeah. But when you get it done with a stick, it's, you know, like we had a young guy shoot one here a couple nights ago at 12 yards, you know. Yeah. That bear never looked up. Just yeah. feeding, walked right into him. So each bear's different, and when it comes together, it's pretty pretty awesome. Yeah. Because they're up close and personal, and, and uh, if they want, they can bat you around pretty quickly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Jeff, tell us the story about the bear you encountered last night. Yeah, just in another another area, another zone from mine. Right. Um, we have uh, the guides covered, so I'm just, you know, and the hunters covered here because we killed out two bears on Sunday night. So just been checking out another zone with, with Dave, my friend Dave from Alaska. And, yeah, he just, uh, he was just a really big black bear, and he, uh, was raining and came through that stretch and there was a big fresh pile there hadn't been anything there the last couple days big fresh pile went up and hung out till the rain let off then came back saw him he's probably 125 yards and i first i thought he was a grizzly Mm. because he just had a big hump on him but he was black and no i just yeah it worked out you rushed in like just like you said you i ran you saw him you ran Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, and close the distance to fifty yards or something. Yeah, he was. He had his head away from me, and he was 
kind of over the edge a little bit, and so I was able to move close. One spot where he was probably 25 yards, and I had to get around this willow and risk it when he had his head down, which I got around him and got to 18. But he was over the edge, and I could just see the top of his back and maybe four inches from the top. No shot. Mm. Yeah. And then uh, and then at that point, I realized that he was – he was he was really big yeah and then i had my bow up i had to take one step up to get the shot to get clear and he just turned and looked and saw me and he skedaddled very quickly really so he just bolted oh my gosh he did not know what i was the wind was good no idea just knew something was there real close to him and thankfully he ran the other way Mm. and it was all downed willows and like a beaver pond and as he's running away, I just was like, wow, that, that is a giant, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he couldn't move very fast. Like some of these younger bears, they can haul, you know, they can grip and go. But he was struggling to get across there. So mm. that was great. Spooked him out of there. <laughs> but uh, he, he didn't know what I was, and there's not much green over there. Um, yeah, it's just – and that's the first stock I've had myself, well, second in eight years. Right. You know, I mean, I see a lot of these things. We stalk a lot, and we we shoot a lot of them, and never had much of a desire because I've shit, shot quite a few of them with my stick bow, but kind of got the fire. It's it's cool being close to these things. These things are yeah. majestic animals, and the the world they live in every day. You know, and I stopped doing two bears, killing two bears because a lot of folks would kill one, and they just want to kill another one, not taking into account what that bear has gone through yeah well and the respect factor was yeah not there i mean not mm. with every guy i'm not saying every guy is like that or or person is like that but they're not a uh they're not everywhere and to get that size like what frank shot the other night you know that's mm-hmm. probably i don't know i'd say seven eight year old bear maybe younger he was young but was some big. of the big big bears were killing or in that 10 year and older yeah and uh you got to give them respect i mean they what they i mean they're getting dragged out of their dens by wolves in the winter it's known thing mostly the young bears yeah they find a lot of uh you know bear claws in the wolf scat uh, we got mm. a lot of wolves around here mm-hmm. and uh you know it's mandatory that every one of my hunters has a wolf tag because mm-hmm. we're killing them if we can and we yeah. don't very often i've seen two this last week but usually we can go a season and not you know? right but that chance of for 50 bucks a wolf stands out there even if it's a bow hunter it's no, there's no messing around with a bow it's like you grab your guide's gun yep and you shoot yep and we've had them shot and guys life size them which is hilarious because their hides are brutal you know I mean? <laughs> but you know we take it for granted up here but a lot of people can't shoot wolves and a lot of yeah. people in the west don't like wolves yeah i mean they're part of the the canadian experience they're just as important as anything else you know i don't think let me think about this before i say it i am pretty sure that i have never seen a wolf in canada Hmm. all the time i mean i've hunted a lot in canada i do not think i've ever seen a wolf with my own eyes in canada the only wolf i've seen was in uh idaho that just shows you how elusive they are because they're everywhere Mm -hmm. oh yeah but they're, you know, besides the mature boar grizzly, they are the smartest critter out there. Yeah. Yeah, they have to be. Are they smarter than a wild hog, Jeff? <laughs> you hear everybody talk about how smart, smart wild well, I hogs would, are. I would attest to the fact that wild big boar hogs are very smart. Yeah. Because they elude me. 
<laughs> big time or smell me so but yeah i think so ah they probably they are they are mm. well and and then so you said they're evading to get to that 10 year old range they've they've evaded wolves they've evaded predation by black bears they've also avoided getting killed by a grizzly which probably would be I mean, grizzlies aren't like seeking out black bears to no. kill them, but they they would. I mean, they're opportunistic omnivores. They would they'd kill a cub if they could in a heartbeat. And then conflicts inside of feeding and stuff. I'm sure there's black bear fatalities by grizzlies. Probably fairly common. And I bet you, vice versa. Yeah. You think some of the black bears well, get the I grizz? Got, we got video of a grizzly That's running right. from a big black bear. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. think in a lot of these big mature poor black bears are tore up like they gotta be fighters to live so i think i don't think these these big boar black bears are running from grizzlies i think they hold their own i really do yeah yeah and i used to think that they wouldn't be in the same vicinity but then i've seen them many times you know elk here grizzly here black bear here guy shoots a black bear the other two run away yeah whatever but um gary tell tell us about the we talked about this a lot this week, Jeff. Uh, the the common theme that you hear from outfitters and stuff. Yeah, I mean, even a lot of the the old school outfitters that are like are amazing. I mean, growing up and not knowing so much about this stuff, I'd always hear, "Oh, if you're seeing grizzlies, you're not going to see blacks." Right. And oh my goodness, I mean, at least in this area, that's been and including in my own hunting career when I used to grizzly bear hunt as a kid. Um, that was proven so wrong. I've been on avalanche shoots and seen, you know, um, three black bears, four black bears out there feeding and a big giant grizzly. Now, don't get me wrong. They're all aware of each other and they give right. each other space. Right. But they're out. I mean, that's the only green in the country. And, uh, and it's not like that grizzly's pushing off the blacks or vice versa. And we got video here over the years. Actually, here has proved it anywhere else um, in one of the areas we, we hunt where Jeff was saying earlier. And, and that's not the only experience where um, this boar, I mean, this grizzly's out. And it, it's not a big grizzly. That's not the point. It's still a three four-year-old grizzly bear and you know this black bear walks out and puts a run on it now once they kind of sniffed each other out because the people that were there with us uh, had an amazing evening the grizzly came back out no different than when we were hiking out last night we actually saw the other bear that we went to stalk two nights ago yeah i'm closer to my truck there right and it was the bigger bear it wasn't you know a shooter we thought and and uh and also the smaller bear comes out and they didn't see each other but they definitely winded each other pretty quick and that smaller bear put a run on the bigger bear and then they kind of tried to figure things out yeah so um it's amazing how i don't know why that's such it's one of those wives tales. well i mean the first things the first day we were here we saw that disproved yeah because we well over the course of two days we saw that big sow grizz with Mm -hmm. the two cubs yeah the tasty freeze as they call it yeah and then the very next day, in the I mean, probably within thirty feet of where that grizz was, there was a sow so, black bear. But then we went just a hundred yards on the road in that willow thicket, and there, and was, there was another was, grizzly with a with a yeah. cub right there. And so they and they knew each other was there for sure, you know. Yeah. And yet they're they're feeding around. So like, yeah, um, that's definitely uh, one of those things. that's a misconception, you know, that if a grizzly bear's around, there's no black bears around. Right. The the whole grizzly thing adds a dimension to this hunt that uh, I would have only experienced in Alaska. You know, I mean, in Alaska, you're constantly aware of grizzlies, you know, and we can carry handguns in Alaska. So I remember, Jeff, when I hunted Alaska, one time I went on a hunt and I just left my my pistol at home or at the, at the tent on accident. And, man, I was, like, paranoid that whole hunt. Here, we can't carry pistols because we're in Canada. Um, but the, the, the grizz adds just a... 
a super cool dimension to this hunt. And talking about stalking black bears, um, twice now we've been hunting this big field that you guys have said is typically is holding a big grizz. And I'm over there bear crawling <laughs> to stalk on these bears for like 150 yards. I'm on my hands and knees, you know, with a trad bow in one hand. And I'm thinking, hmm, what am I going to do when... I slip up on Mama Grizz about 15 yards away when she steps out into the field. <laughs> and uh, it adds a dimension, adds a whole dimension to the to even a stalk. Because the idea of a stalk is that you're slipping along quiet. When you're in grizzly bear country and you're a hiker, they're like, wear bells on your shoes. You know, like make noise. Let them know you're there. When you're stalking, you're not making any noise. Now, Gary is like, he doesn't pay much attention to him. Or Jeff, are you paranoid at all about grizzlies? That's that's the wrong word. Mm, I think you have to be. You yeah, to yeah. Be. You know, I bought these uh, these e bikes, these Trek e bikes. Yeah. That we used last year. I, they were new last year, and and I honestly have changed my tune on those on some of the places we hunt because you know it's curvy, it's rolling. You got log blocks, and you know you can be on something very very quickly, which we did last year on on a couple you know four year olds, but. Uh, you got to give them a healthy, uh, yeah. You really. So you're saying them. you could be cruising along, not making making very little noise on that e bike, come around a log pile, and there's a grizz there, and bam, he just plows you. Yeah, I mean, the big boars <laughs> probably not. They rode up on one last week at 30 yards or 35 yards where you were hunting past where you were at. Mm. A couple more fields. I mean, he was in the ditch. All he saw was his hump. He just lifted his head and stared at him. Mm. And this is my other guy, Ryan, and his hunters. They just kind of, well, one of them quickly turned around and got out of there. But the, the other two just, if that was a sow with young cubs, likely you're going to have an encounter very quickly. So um, I think it makes you a better hunter. I think you're more aware. I know as a guide, I'm way more aware. Um, even Gary has started carrying his gun everywhere. <laughs> Most know, places. Gary doesn't really, you know. He figures that uh, nothing's going to happen, and you know, yeah, it's not. A good Gary's, Gary's a self medic, so we need to hear a few stories about that too. Well, no, we got no, a lot of Gary stories. No, that no we Gary can go stories. With. Yeah, but uh, that's for another podcast. No, yeah, you got to have a healthy respect for him. You know, I, I got to admit, I'm one of those guys that's taken for granted, and, and it's just not cool. I have been charged a few times to um, to basically point blank range, you know, and and, and again, I got to admit, back then, I, I kind of thought it was a joke. Let's just face it. There's there's human lives here involved. There's families. There's kids. And over the years, I'm um, in in the community. I'm not referring to here, right here, but um, uh, we've lost acquaintances, right? And the pre uh, the percussions of that, just right down through, um, like again, family, children, wives, etc., is huge. And for whatever ridiculous reason, you know, I just never thought that way. Um, you know, I've been charged off of a moose kill, not only that that moose is dead on a t- totally different uh, hunt with with a grizzly bear hunter just going in to set up for the evening and. And uh, um, it is not at, at all referring to what most clients will or will not do. But as arrogant this may sound, I got to realize I don't know you, and you could be the world's greatest hunter. But I got to still take in consideration that I don't know your reaction to a charge down to maybe yeah. ten, fifteen, five yards. And in the few times that I have been point blank charged, I'm not about bluff charge. You learn to read that over the years. But the few yeah. times I've been point blank charged, um, my hunters have lost it. Mm. 
And these are good guys. These are yeah. good human beings. You know what I mean? I mean, I absolutely lost it. And then uh, um, and have given me the gears like, why didn't you shoot? And I'm like, well, there's so much that goes through a guy. said, we got to learn to really, really respect each other. Like, you know, I got to put myself in your shoes, where you're coming from. And, and, the, and the client's got to put themselves in the guide's shoes. Well, first of all, you're paying X amount of dollars back when it was open for this hunt. I don't want to shoot because if I shoot... Um, this all yeah. goes through your head and you know in a million oh, yeah. for a second, right? But again, my hunters in, in the times I've been charged have lost it. And in hindsight, um, regardless, um, you know, how strict they are, which is whatever is, you know, the laws here in BC right now with grizzly bear hunting being shut down, um, a human life is far more important than any animal life, any animal for that matter. Yeah. And I should have shot. I should have yeah. shot. I didn't. Nothing happened. But uh, it's got to be going through your head too now, even more so than before yeah. that. Man, you shoot a grizzly bear, you got a pretty tough row to hoe with a government. Is that is that yeah, true, absolutely. Jeff? Absolutely, yeah. There, it's like a murder investigation. Wow, you know, but bizarre. You know, I've, I've instructed my guys that you know, if 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 it's a serious charge, like Schneider and Brian Call had a charge two years ago on a moose hunt, and that thing they should have killed that because mm. the way he was looking, he was not afraid of them. I'll deal with the government, whatever mm. you know. But life is. Yeah. You know, to be afraid of, of losing, or for me, losing my license or these guys losing their privileges to guide because if you shoot a bear in that split second of not, you know, if you don't and he's on you, um, it, it's it's ugly, right? Yeah. But yet, these black bears could kick your tail as quickly as any grizzly can. Yeah. And it's amazing how the heart rate is different from a big black bear versus a big grizzly yeah yet the consequences could be the same yeah that crossed my mind last night <laughs> yeah you know dave's and he it's raining he can't even see me and i'm just standing there looking at you know i mean if that thing decided i mean yeah it's, it's there's the risk most involved. predatory black bear predatory black bear encounters or or, or situations probably have been in bc mm-hmm. probably i mean I, i'm kind of shooting off the hip there well i mean we had we had one, you know. Yeah. My guy got, yeah, got mauled. Do you want to so, tell us about that? I mean, it's just, yeah, he, uh, these guys were residents. I've known them for a long time. And we were moose hunting. I had clients in. And we were way down on, in my area, very remote. We have, we won't get there. We can't get there now because of the snow. Mm-hmm. But he, uh, they've been down there 18 years. And they've always had bears that would come in and around because it's their camp. But, so my moose hunters left on a Wednesday we killed a big bull. Some mistakes were made, no doubt. I was concerned um, with how they, you know, a little. I was concerned about the scent and garbage control. Uh, the moose was dragged right into camp. Okay. Four wheeler stuff. You know, there was just a lot of things adding up to it. Mm. And I had a young couple, and the 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 gal was the age of my daughters, or my oldest daughter, anyway. So. I wanted to get her out of there. I just had a bad feeling, and so I said, you know, we're going to butcher this moose, and I'm going to take my truck down and park it, which we did. So I got her out of there, got her down here, and her husband stayed for another day or two. Anyway, they left on a Wednesday, Tuesday. Uh, my two guides took their sons out, and they killed a bull themselves. They had a draw tag as residents, and then they they took that back home, didn't come back Thursday. Came back Friday, and their pelican cooler was out in this common area. So you had your cook tent and two sleeping tents. They're all five feet, ten feet apart. 
from each other, and the pelican was pulled out with a big tooth mark in it. Mm. So they pulled it back in and and uh, went to bed. Paul, Paul and Dave, great guys, great guys. But anyway, so Paul heard something in the cook tent. Said, hey, Dave, I think there's a bear. And before he even got in the cook tent, that bear was through the wall tent. Now, as well, with most wall tents, after the first year, the zipper doesn't work. Right. I mean, it's just notorious they don't. So it flew in, hit him on his cot, started his feet, ripped his And the, just to clarify, this is a black bear. 390-pound boar black bear, well-fed. This isn't a grizz. He's predatory, this guy. He Damn. didn't care. And so he ripped his calf off his leg, like literally bit tore this guy's on his cot yeah did he even have a chance to get up no he's asleep basically no, he, he was still awake everyone else was asleep do they have guns close yes. by yeah it didn't matter he was on them and then so you got to realize the 17 year old son was in there dave's 18 year old son was in there and each corner of this huge it's about the size of this, this room. our dave no uh, different dave different dave different dave yeah yeah, different Dave. And, uh, yeah, so he grabbed him, and then he just kind of worked his way up, ripped his cat. He's screaming now. And, uh, and and moved up to his legs, was biting him. He had a bunch of puncture wounds in his thigh, and then a big tear across his chest. Mm. I mean, you couldn't have a more perfect tattoo. I mean, it's, this thing is awesome. I mean, it's, <laughs> oh, yeah. Claw marks right oh, across the chest. Five right across. And so then Dave wakes up grabs his gun i don't know if i don't think it was loaded this is all happening the boys reaction were different the one thought it was a dream and just pulled his his sleep bag over his head wow and was trying to wake up and the other kid was you know whatever was waking up and watching anyway so dave shot the bear the bear's on top of paul paul's bear hugging it trying to push it off Mm. so the bullet went through the bear and took his elbow out. Dang. So now he's dropping the F-bombs. You you blew my effing elbow off. And meanwhile, this bear's going to town, right? Hits him again, and then the bear gets off. Gets off Paul, goes to the corner, goes underneath the kid's cot. He's trying to get out now. Okay. Out of the tent. Okay. Goes along the backside of the, the wall tent, knocks the wood stove over. So now we got smoke billowing. Jumps on top of the other kid in his cot. He's under a sleep bag. It's on top. He's trying to get out, and then he goes out the corner and then exits. Goes to the other tent where there was two guys. Walks in, does a U-turn, walks back out. This bear's been shot. Twice. Where, I, I believe where, it's twice. I want to. I think it was twice. I think it was twice. And then uh, Dave now is out in that little little common area, and the bear is wheezing, and, you know, I mean, he's his lungs are filling. He goes back into the original tent. The 18-year-old boy had a Defender shotgun. The guy who was attacked is telling him how to load it, how to jack it in and, you know, shoot it I mean, as he's tore up. Right. And so, boom, he shoots a bear. The bear drops. Right next to the bear is a five-gallon propane tank. Mm. I have the picture. I'll show it to you. It's insane. And then the bear died. And then had then I mean, this was two, two or three years ago. Yeah, and that was it was a two hour, hour and a half drive out of there. And of course, they got Global Star, which sucks compared to Iridium, so they can't <laughs> get out. Mm. They can't get a signal. So mm. Dave throws Paul in his truck, and he tells the two his two friends and then the two boys keep calling, keep calling until you get through. Tell them to meet us. 
met him down kind of by those log blocks over here at the bottom of the of the main logging road. Mm. That's where the ambulance was. Mm. I'm in Calgary because I'm starting mule deer. I'm waiting for Landon to fly in from Arkansas. I get a call from Jared Wilkinson, good friend of mine. He's oh, yeah. With BC Wildlife Federation, he goes, did you hear about the attack on the river? And immediately I'm just like, oh, because no one's down there. I, yeah. Did I just say the river? I did, didn't I? Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> whatever. It's a big, big area. So, yeah. So I called him, and he, uh, the phone answered, but no one said hello. I could just hear him telling the doctor, do not amputate my arm. Whew. I had quit Copenhagen two years before I drove straight to Seven Eleven, bought two cans, and just sat there. Might have bought a bottle of whiskey. I don't even know. It was pretty, pretty, pretty mm. crazy. And this, it changed this guy's life. Like I said, oh. when I used to take this for granted, you know, and and I, like and I don't know more. I just want to state that that uh, um, you know, his whole life's been changed, right? Is he a machinist by trade, or what was he again? He works at the lumber yard, and you know, he, I mean, he couldn't do his job, and he's gone through X amount of uh, um. A plastic surgery or a reconstructive surgery and and rehab and and, mm. and that kind of stuff you know and so um it's not a joke you know with that said i just want to state too though like you know as they give crazy stats about everything nowadays you, you got a better chance of being struck by lightning than being attacked by a bear but yeah. for whatever you know you still got to respect them like i don't want to put the fear in people's hearts that you know every yeah. bear we no. see here is gonna come you know after what, us I, you know i've never had to pull the trigger yet on a bear right right, right. so i mean uh, on being charged or bluff charged or whatever and uh but it can happen to it tie can. this back into stalking bears though you're exactly right about the statistic that you know you'd be you'd be high, higher probability of being struck by lightning but as bear hunters we are in a whole nother category I mean, that's yeah. a statistic of all people on <laughs> yeah. the planet. I mean, yeah. typically. No, no, like, right. I had a buddy tell me that, a 21-year-old kid, good friend of mine, we were talking about bear attacks or something. And I was like, I was kind of the same way. I was just like, ah, man, I don't, it didn't even cross my mind. And he said, Clay, do you realize that uh, you, of all people, probably have you know higher odds of being attacked by a bear just because of you're around it? how many times you're hunting them off the ground? Was, you know. And I was like, you know, you're probably right. But no, you're right, though, Gary. I mean, there's no reason to fear them, but massive reason to respect, respect them. them. Yeah, well put. No, massive. You have to. Yeah. yeah. No, we're much higher odds than people living in downtown Vancouver. Heck yeah. <laughs> It'll never happen the other Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I keep, yeah, Lana gets mad at me. I said, that's probably how it's going to be. <laughs> that's how you're going to go? It's probably going to be a grizzly, and it's going to be, you know, I won't be paying attention. I hope not. I'm pretty aware of what's going on. You know, we'll see hundreds and hundreds between Jeff, I, and Ryan by the time this, you know, our our five, six weeks is done here, you know. Um, Yeah, we'll see a lot, a lot of bears. And you're tracking, I mean, wounded bears. It's just part of the game. You know, I've I've said before that probably the most dangerous thing that we do as bear hunters is tracking bears. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've never once had a close encounter with a wounded bear. But that's probably the most vulnerable situation because... Mm -hmm you are a little bit out of your element you've already killed an animal and so you're not in sneak mode anymore you're halfway celebrating because you've you feel like you've taken an animal i mean most of the time you're tracking an animal you think you're going to find it and it's going to be dead and so you know you're you're in a different mode than before the the kill and uh yeah i've thought about that more and more as i've as i've hunted more and more it's like if there was a place where you probably had higher odds of, of taking a bear charge it, it could be on a wounded animal well yeah. and my whole 
my whole view has changed since what happened to Paul. Yeah. For sure. Like, I'm not as aggressive. Like, if you had a boar and a sow and they went into the thick brush before I would charge and woof and have my hunter right behind me because he'll face off. You know, he'll be in there like, what's going on? I don't do that anymore because mm. it's stupid. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> think about it. And, and, my and, boss just called me stupid. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I wasn't talking about you, Gary, necessarily, but uh, we both do it because yeah. it's effective. Mm-hmm. But they're aggressive. I've had my yeah. vehicle charged by a, an aggressive boar black bear with a sow. Mm. And, and now we're, we resort more to predator calls. Mostly later, we get a lot more brush, a lot more jungle as it grows. And you don't really, you have to pull them out. And so now we're pulling them out with, with uh, the predator calls. Little Phelps call. Hey, this is a little bit of a segue here, but predator call. So yesterday, <laughs> they're all the way across the field, Brent and Gary. And I'm stalking, and we don't have any communication other than just line of sight. And every now and then, I'd throw up my binos, and we'd be trying to get some information from them about where this bear was. Mm-hmm. And I ducked into the timber, and they were seeing a bear that I wasn't seeing. And they were like, how are we going to get his attention? And uh, Gary goes, well, I'll predator call at him. And so they're just, I guess, just wearing this predator call out over there. Well, I just blew it a few times, yeah. And I don't hear the predator call. And then... Brent goes, well, Clay will respond to a barred owl. If I barred owl at him, he'll respond. And uh, so Gary goes, okay, well, barred owl at him. So he's, ooh, ooh, ooh. and I, it never occurred to me. I, what I thought, I told Brent this yesterday. I was like, man, they got barred owls in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and they're over there trying to, they're just trying to flag me down. Finally, Gary walks over to me and he's like, Clay, did you not hear us? Did you not hear us owling and pressure calling? Was he mad at you? It, a little bit, little bit. Oh, I a little bit. Yeah, he did. He did. It was. It was. It was like, why didn't you hear? And then I told him, I'm, I'm literally deaf? deaf in my right ear. <laughs> no, no, no. Really, it was like. A, it was like he was getting mad at me for not being able to walk, but I was in a wheelchair. I said, Gary, I in my right oh. ear, I have lost like sixty percent of my hearing. I cannot hear out of my right ear, but I did hear the bar down. Then he felt bad. I'm so sorry. I know. I've seen it a hundred times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He takes it serious. I like it, man. Uh-huh. You know, really, when you're when you're with a guy, I want a guy that's got an opinion and has got want, wants you to do stuff. Because I've been with them that that don't. You know, they're just kind of there to appease you. So, Gary, you don't lack opinions usually. No, I'm getting better though. No, I know. I just uh, yeah, up. I've grown up a little bit. It's taken me fifty some years, but I'm no growing date, up. No dating opinions though. No. Ooh. No. No I don't get paid enough to do this job. <laughs> No, we did. We did. Uh, at one point yesterday, we were looking at a bear, and Gary had the binos. And I, at the time, I had forgot my binos, and and uh, and I said that that bear's walking away from us. Oh, and forgot. he said, he said, no, it's not, Clay. And I said, Gary, the bear is walking away from us. And he said, no, it's not. And I mean, I was confident. I said that bear is walking away. See, from I us, thought Gary. you were messing with me. I honestly thought that Jeff told you to do something to get a reaction. <laughs> I, I kid you not. I thought you were messing with me. Uh, That's funny. And then he was like, look through the binos, and I was like. That bear's walking towards us, so. Gary's <laughs> usually right, usually. Yeah, he's usually right. I've learned that. Well, no, all this talk about, like, bear attacks and stuff, I think it's relevant. It's a relevant conversation with stalking bears on the ground. I mean, it, and it's really not something that bear hunters are really thinking about too much, but there's certain, probably there's should. There's certain things they do 
that you you need to pay attention to, right? Like when you when we're close to them, like let's say a sow with a cub, she's yeah. making a bunch of racket, whatever, whatever. But there's different, you know, popping of the teeth, yeah. hitting their things. But ironically, the last usually the last thing they do before it's going to be a situation is yawn. For real? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yawn. Like, yeah, they yeah. open their mouths and that's when they're to their breaking point. It's bizarre. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, obviously with sows and cubs, we're, we might take some photos, but we don't we don't mess around too much with them, even though a sow black bear isn't necessarily going to finish out an attack like, like, a, like a grizzly. Yeah. But there's, you know, there's things that they do that uh, mm-hmm. in mostly those boars, they start popping their shoulders, walking, you know, yeah. just like mm-hmm. they know you're there. And yeah. they're, they're posturing. Yeah. Know, like any other thing, like a grouse that you see yeah. puffing up. And so there's ways to read them to That's enough. We gotta back out of here. Yeah, to know that okay, this is this isn't good. He's pretty serious. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly if he's with his with his girl, you know, he's see, I think these B C bears are probably different than I don't know for whatever reason it seems like and I think I'm going with just statistics that I've heard. It seems like there's a lot of predatory bear attacks here. Um, I don't know. It's, for some reason, I feel like these these black bears are slightly different than black bears in other places. In some places. I, I, I don't know, know if that's I mean, true. I've, never, I've been told that actually yeah. a few times. I, I mean, I've, like in Arkansas, the, we have a for for the areas that do have bears, I mean, we've got – some places that very small places but that might be equivalent to the bear population here. Let's just say like there's a small, really well, you know, habit, areas with good habitat. And I mean, there hadn't been a bear attack in Arkansas. I mean, I think one, two or three summers ago, a bear drugged somebody out of a tent or something. I mean, but it didn't. Nothing ever happened. It was almost like a curious young bear or something. But I mean, we just don't have these problems but i don't know there's not a lot i mean really there's yeah, it's far and few between yeah. and it's usually in places that are populated yeah like parks provincial parks federal parks i mean that's hot where springs. actually more yeah, hot springs yeah where more of the really serious attacks ever happen than in the hunting community or what we're doing right like yeah. hands down that's actually probably where 90 percent of them happen that's how uh that's how drastic it is where yeah. bears get used to humans and being around yeah. humans and then just, you know, they're something goes, them. yeah, they're feeding them. And, uh, and yet, you know, that's what uh, certain people want you to believe, this whole Walt Disney thing, right? And that's, that's where the attacks happen when you yeah. start messing with them like that. I mean, around here, like it's far and far and few between. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've never, I mean, we've had a few that, you know, after they've been shot that, you know, like you were saying, you're tracking them and you're not really paying attention. All of a sudden they stand up and they're right, right there. Yeah. yeah. Finish them off. But not very only aggressive behavior we've had is is in the rut yeah you have you ever been how many times have you been charged by gris or have you i don't think you ever have i don't think i have okay all my guides do yeah yeah or have yeah yeah i've had some close encounters with them but no i haven't had to try to think no i haven't had to kill any usually gary's uh the one who gets taking the charges he he yeah he kind of likes it <laughs> Not no more. <laughs> Gets a kick out of it. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, I've been I've been fortunate, but you know my other guy, Aaron, he's had. Oh, he's had multiple. Yeah. Yeah. On the river, you know, during grizzly hunting, you know, usually those situations happen in the fall. Mm. Cow calling for moose. Okay. Come in or 
a dead moose or a grizzly that gets arrowed. You know, two years ago, the last year that we had the tags, my bow hunter hit one close, and when he was taken off, Aaron shot him, but he just winged him on the shoulder, and that thing spun and came right at him, and he had to kill him. Mm. Mm. But no, by and large, it's been, you know, lots of black bear, false charges, and yeah. aggressive, but nothing that, that have felt uh, things were getting out of control. Yeah, But, you know, I mean, we take a very, I mean, when a moose is down, you have one guy who is standing there. Standing on guard. You have to, yeah. You have yeah. to. And there's probably not going to be any situation. But you hear these stories of, you know, the bears that are coming in. Last year they were hungry. There's yeah. very few berries and, and, you know, they're around. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, in closing, talking about the nitty-grittiest spot and stalk, black bear hunting, trying to get close, archery equipment. Gary, we'll start with you. What what are you gonna say? What what are your what are your top tips? Hot tips for stalking black bears. What would you say? Yeah, close that distance like we spoke about earlier. Close it as fast as you can. The wind changes. There's certain areas the wind doesn't change, like on the old logging road. It's so consistent there. I mean I love that spot, including up higher, but we didn't have snow. You get the you know, the wind in your fair. But when you start hunting these fields in the corners and the and the downdrafts coming in the evening, you'd figure it just keeps on coming down, get the wind in your favor and go on them, uh, I'll get in on them. But, uh, um, man, just swirls in those back corners, right? And we've experienced that already a few times. Um, yeah, pay attention to them. Like, you know, um, make your moves when they're not looking at you and they're like you'd stalk any animal when they're um, not, you know, looking at you and facing away. Um, and, man, they're hearing. It's a lot better than people think. Yes. I mean, remember, I'm not dealing this on a rifle hunt or even so much on compound, but when, like with you wanting to get in within 20 yards, um, you can't make any noise. You cannot make literally a mistake. And it'll happen. I mean, I know, well, you know, I'm pretty sure you're going to get one. But, uh, um, yeah, they're just smarter. They're smarter than you think. So don't just take it for granted. Oh, there's another big bear. I can just walk up to it. They get big for a reason. They're not stupid. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, do that stock like you would on the, you know, the most hardest hunters white tail that you ever see. And I, I think that's, um, that's the thing right there that, um, and, again, not that I've taken anything for granted, mm-hmm. but – you got to stalk these bears like you're stalking, stalking an antelope. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. that's got to be the mentality. It's like you can't give them anything. That's right. You know, do your draw. I've had we've had perfect situations where everything's worked out, and uh, I'm talking about strictly bow hunts right here. And uh, and you know, I'm, I'm I'm telling the hunter to draw, and he goes, well, "I can only hold for thirty seconds." Well, so what? Let down if that's all you can hold. I mean, it's better. And yet he draws on the you know they look at you. Well, no, they're they're gone. They're yeah. they're done. Even that's forty yards away. They're looking at you. Come to draw. I mean, they're not going to notice that movement, right? So yeah. yeah, just take don't take it for granted. Um, especially if uh, you know you really want to go after a, a bigger bear. Bigger they are, the smarter they are, and yeah. Uh, um, and yeah, do it like you're hunting an elk, like you're hunting a white. You know, and I think part of the reason too, this is a little bit confusing to people, is on a baited black bear hunt, movement and scent pretty much mean nothing right. in Canada. Yeah, but when he doesn't know that there's a human involved, it's a whole other ballgame. And I think that's the that's the contradiction that people have because you know, you go to you go to Canada on a baited black bear hunt, you could stand up and. I mean, movement, sound, and even human scent is not the limiting factor. But, buddy, when you're trying to slip up on one out in his element, this is a whole other whole other game. Jeff, hot tip, one thing you could tell. I'm fading into the bush for the last time before you see me on the stock, and you say, Clay, X, do this. What do you say? I, two things. I would take your first opportunity – like if you're in your if you're in your comfortable range, shoot. 
you got the shot shoot. Don't don't wait for him to don't get closer. Bust. Second of all, if he does bolt, move up because big boars often will go into the bush and turn around and see what's going on. Okay, so they're, they're move cocky. in on him. They're cocky. Or would yeah. you say like don't I mean just like run up there? I wouldn't run up there, but he's not necessarily going to just bail into the next county. He want he, if he doesn't smell, he doesn't really know what you are, but he's cocky and a, arrogant enough that he he'll usually come and see what's going on and you can, okay. and often you can move in closer and, and maybe get a second opportunity yeah, yeah. That that's a good tip yeah. that happens lots to you yeah where the bear comes back out five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes an hour later in the same spot right yeah so um especially it's a big bear and it's the bear you want right and you're excited about uh yeah go go set back up keep the wind in your face and there's a good chance he might come back out yeah yeah their cockiness gets them killed yeah <laughs> it does yeah well hey that's some awesome information and uh we're gonna do we're gonna do a couple more podcasts while we're here in British Columbia. This is the fourth day, so we got a couple days left to hunt. But uh, thank you guys a ton. Yeah, thank you. Good to have you. Up. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, keep the wild places wild because that's where the bears live. Yeah. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose Interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today.